Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. It's your girls, Kara and Kylie, back with episode 97. After a week hiatus, I had a long weekend myself for Memorial Day. It was a great weekend. Kylie's had so much going on, so it's just been a wild time here for your girls. It has been a wild, wild time. What a, this, this week has been crazy. Truly freaking insane. And we just have to give a huge fucking shout out to Kylie for having like such a huge accomplishment this past week. And I have to be the first one to say that I am not well versed in the comedy world. So I truly didn't understand how big this was until I was like, oh, that's what the comedy mothership is. And oh, that's what Kill Tony is. And it's freaking wild. So please inform our audience who doesn't know what's been going on the last week. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally get that. And like, that's what I mean. It's like, there's, if you're not well-versed in comedy, it's like, once I explained how it is, like people are like, holy shit, um, like what the concept is. Um, But people who do know comedy, like, it's like crazy, the comments and stuff I'm getting, especially just because like, people like, Tom Segura is like a hugely well-known name, like stuff like yes, that. So, and I did know him. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know about that. He was going to be there until I was there. So like, but whenever I told you guys about it in advance, it was like, yeah, the whole thing was nuts. Um, so it, yeah, I, um, to backtrack, I got on, um, the Kill Tony show on Monday night. So mm-hmm. for those who don't know, I think we talked about this on here a little before. So mm-hmm. Kill Tony is essentially, um, I, I, I always describe it as the best way to understand it is like American Idol or the voice for comedy. Yeah. Um, but think more aggressive because it's comedy. So I always say like, think of it, but it's like Simon Cow 90% of the time, like running the whole thing. Like that's how you, I guess you think about it. Um, but like it's comedians. So they're more, they're, they're like versed in roasting you basically. Um, so there's like him and Brian Redband is a guy that just is like well-known in comedy here, runs a couple of the clubs and stuff. Um, him and Tony are the hosts every week. And then they also have guest judges. So big comedians come in and guest judge. Like Whit- I'm a huge Whitney Cummings fan. She's guest hosted like Ron White. They have, there's huge people that come in and guest host all like it's different all the time. Joe Rogan himself guest hosts sometimes like he brings in comics every week. Yeah. Um, so I was waiting for the show Monday night. Um, it's like a lottery poll. You put your name in. Usually it's like hundreds of people, um, at least a hundred people normally. And I um, put your name in and then you all just wait in a shitty, gross alleyway for two hours while they bucket pool um, throughout the night and call your name. And you find out when they call it that you're going in. So they oh, call your name. I was the, uh, I was pulled. I was the very last pool of the night. So I was the last comic. It was like 10, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got pulled to go in. And you go on stage. Um, my guest judges were Jeff Ross, which a lot of people know of him as well. Um, and if they don't know the name, if you've ever watched a Comedy Central roast, like the roast of Justin Bieber, the roast of the Jonas Brothers, any of those big things that were like big, um, he's almost always a roast person on that. He got famous from that. He's actually like his name. If you look him up, it says like Roastmaster General. It's like he's that's so huge. Nice. 
huge Comedy Central roaster. And I actually had met him the night before, or two nights before this, actually. Me and a couple of my friends went to a show at Vulcan to watch a roast battle, and he popped in as a guest judge, and we were sitting right behind him, and he, like, talked to us after the show for a little bit. So I'd actually just met him two days before. Um, but so he was on, and then Dave Attell, which Dave Attell is very well-known, very well-respected in the comedy, like, the comics world, um, like, like as far as a lot of comedians really respect him he also has like a cult like following fan base so like it's one of those things where it's like I almost think of it as like One Tree Hill pre-Netflix like yeah it's like it's like it may not not you may say to some people and they're like have no idea who it is but if you say the people that know like ride it's like it's like Swifties for comedy like people who love Dave Attell like it was really cool because I watched him I was there all night at the show I'm getting out of order but like I watched him pop in at the smaller show because Mothership has two rooms. So mm-hmm. he was playing, he was doing a headlining show that I got asked for. And then he was doing, there was like a smaller lineup and he like did a pop in and I was in the back of the room. And I like, it was so crazy to just, it was like, just to think about the trajectory of like where your career can go. It was like watching that, like from the back of the room, all these people sitting there who were just watching all these small comics come up and David Tell walked up and I just watched all these people. Like, I know you guys don't, can't see the video, but they just like looked at each other with their mouths open. Like these two grown men stood up and high-fived. Like people were like, just like jumping up and down in their seats, like mouths just dropping when he like walked in the room. It was, it was so cool. Like it gives me goosebumps to talk about just like watching it, like the reaction. Like, so like, he's, he's like that guy in, in yeah. this space. So they were the two judges. Um, you go up and you do a minute of stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to, you can only do one minute, which is really fucking hard. Yeah. And then um, after that, you have an interview. Normally, the interviews are a little more in depth. I was last, and they were already over on time. Actually, they just they try they do a thing most weeks where if they haven't pulled, there's way less men and co- there's way more men in comedy than women. So mm-hmm. a lot of times at the end of the night, if a woman hasn't been on, they pull through the bucket until they get a woman. Yeah. And so that's what they were doing. They were he. I heard him before I went on because they were finishing up the last person while I was waiting. And he was like, we messed this up last week. We forgot to pull a woman, almost messed it up again. So we're going to do one more tonight. Like they were supposed to be done. And yeah. he was like, so we're going to do one more. Um, we're bringing out whatever. So the interview was a little bit shorter, but normally you have like a five to seven minute interview after, mm-hmm. um, just depending how entertaining it is. It's basically how long you're up there. Um, so they just ask you questions about yourself, about stand up, whatever. And so I did my minute. And it just went fantastic. Um, the crowd loved it. They loved it. Um, I got done. But like, I definitely like, I was nervous, but I just like went in there and I, tr- I didn't look at them at all. Like I literally didn't see the panel. I just like walked out and directly looked at the crowd and engaged yeah. with the crowd. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to psych myself out. I was just like, this is just, it's the biggest room I've ever been in. Um, yeah. it, that, that theater holds 250 and it's Kill Tony is sold out every night, every week. Yay. It's sold out. Like if you tried to go get tickets to Kill Tony right now, you'd have to get tickets for November. Like that's how popular this show is. That's insane. Um, so you, it's like, yeah. So I look out, it's like this biggest crowd I've ever seen. And they're like, just loving it. So I'm just like feeding off that. And it's great. Yeah. And then I look and um, I turn finally and they're all smiling, which is great. Which is a great <laughs> And, um, I just got, I got a lot of compliments and everything. Um, and then they just started interviewing me. Honestly, the interview felt like a blur because I was just so shook at how well it yeah. went. Um, that like everybody, it's funny because everyone had kind of told me like all my friends in the comedy space that were like, cause I'm new guys. I've been doing, you know, I've been doing this for like four months. So yeah. I was hoping it would just go like, okay. And everyone was like, Hey, even if your set is just like, all right. Like they're like, you have so much shit about you in your life. That, like the interview. Cause like sometimes people have done like mediocre in the set, but then like you crush the interview or like you're super funny or interesting in the interview and you still get like the big book, which is like yeah. the, 
the good thing. Um, and so people were like, you're going to crush your interview. You're going to crush your interview. And so I was kind of like writing on that. Like, I was like, I know what questions I want them to ask me. Like, I want to ask, I want to bring yeah. this up or blah, blah. But I was just like blacked out because I was shook by how well the set was. <laughs> like, oh my God. And, yeah. and so they were like complimenting me. We talked a little bit. I said some dumb shit. We shot the shit about bodybuilding, which I know we're going to get into later about kind of some of that. But, um, that Dave Attell himself just like interrupts the interview. And he was like, I want to talk about the comedy still. <laughs> and he was like, I just, he's like, I was impressed from start to finish with what you did up there. He's like, I would love to have you um, on my show with me this Wednesday. And so I was just like, wild. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see the episodes. I swear. I was just like, holy shit. Like, I, think, like, I, don't, I, I, I can't wait to watch my reaction. <laughs> Cause I think I was just like, looked probably like such an idiot. Like, I was just like me, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like turns around. Like, Are you talking to me? Um, yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, for sure. Um, and so normally like one of the best things that can happen to you on that show is like, as an order of things, like on a regular basis, either you get a big joke book, which is just like a normal size joke book. Or you get a tiny one, which literally like when people hold up like the tiny violin, it's like that small. It's like stupidly tiny as a joke. Yeah. So you can't write in it. Like <laughs> It's basically like them being like, you shouldn't write jokes. <laughs> like it's kind of like, uh, okay, okay, okay. yeah. So um, they give you that if you don't do well, um, or they'll be like, try again next another time or whatever. Yeah. Um, they give you the big one if you've done well. And then they started doing where they give out like some kind of Nerf gun because of kill. So like kill tone comedy is kind of like when you say like break a leg or anything like that, they're like, if you crush a crowd, it's like, you, they usually say crush or like you killed it. Like you killed that crowd. Like yeah. so that's why it's called kill Tony. It's like your job is to try to get Tony to laugh, to kill Tony. Gotcha, gotcha. That's like why it's called gotcha. that. So um, they play on that. So like the kill Tony books have like, actually they're really cool. I'll show you on this video if you want to use it. But they have, when you look at them up close, it's like guns made of microphones. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. So, cool. so they started giving out like, um nerf guns to everybody yeah. that gets on that gets on but yeah. then they give they give out this like super 60 dollar gel blaster starfire xl gun <laughs> like if you like kill, kill it kill it so um they gave me i got that gigantic gun <laughs> um that and incredible. the big notebook but then they um like there's a show that red band runs regularly that's called the secret show um mm -hmm. which is like the lineup's always a surprise but that's like usually if you get booked on secret show it's like a huge deal because like, you can get booked straight from there and then it's like you're you just start taking off if you get booked like directly on it that's like usually the big thing to get asked by like dave attell himself like to yeah. open on his headlining show everybody was like holy fuck like holy so shit. Yeah. yeah so like i i could i would have died if just i got asked to do like the secret show or something like right. i would have been, you know where i'm at to so even if I, I wanted to just leave with a notebook like that yeah. was my goal that yeah. was my goal yeah. and so i was shook like um yeah that's what happened so then that was monday and so wednesday night um he like i said he did two he did two headlining nights Tuesday night which he brought on two other people from Kill Tony from the same night he had asked them they did Tuesday night for him so he did this for three of us which is super cool I think it's three at least two of us I'm pretty sure the third guy was from this too though but um so three of us got this really amazing opportunity um but I was the only one that was on Wednesday yeah. and um so we had a headlining show Tuesday and Wednesday both at the comedy mothership which is Joe Rogan's club here we've talked about that yeah um very hard to perform like you can't just like go perform there they do the random open mic thing but it's like that even that it's like hundreds of people sign up and they pick 16 every week twice yep. a week yeah um but it's like you have to be invited to perform there if you do well at the open mic they'll ask you back um people that work there all the door guys and stuff they auditioned for the jobs so they are all comics that have like so get on stage so it's like very it's like you're like respected if you're performing there so yeah. um 
to be, to get to do that. So he was headlining in that same room again. So he had a sold, sold out shows, 250 people. Um, and I got a guest spot. So I got to come on and do, um, five minutes at the top of his show. Like he had a host, he has a host that travels with him that did like the opening, opening set. And then me, um, but I'm, I was in the green room chilling with everyone and like, um, Tom Segura walks in and just like sits down on the couch next to me. And I was like, what the fuck? And then like, I found out he's on the show. So I'm like on the show with, with Dave and Tom Segura. Um, and then like Ron White walks into the green room. Cause he's doing like the other show in the other room. And like, I just like sit, like sit in there, like, like, I remember I'm surrounded kid, like, by stardom right now. Like, yeah, I remember as a kid, like Ron White being on comedy, like on my TV, like yeah. a lot, a lot of people know who Ron White is. Yeah. Like, and I was like, my parents know who Ron White is and they don't know anything. About comedy. <laughs> like, and so, so I was just like, what the fuck? And they were all so nice. Um, but it was just like, it was insane. And so, yeah, we were sitting in there and, um, just to, I got to do that in front of that crowd. And I think it went well. I wish I had like a recording or something of it. Cause it, to know like how well it yeah, went. Did but, it get recorded at all? Do you know? Um, the mothership themselves records everything, but I don't know if there's a way for me to have access to that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, my friend did say he knows the guy that takes the pictures and stuff there. So he's going to try to figure out if he can get me the pictures that got taken. Cause the guy that photographs told me he took pictures of me. Cool. Uh, but the kill but... Tony episode will be aired. Yes. Yes. So kill Tony when we're together, right? Yeah. 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 So kill Tony. I've had some people ask about that too. Cause um, it's confusing because it's, if you look up kill Tony, it says the number one live comedy podcast. So it's actually a podcast, not a TV show, but it is a um, most people watch it rather. Cause it's copyright. It's more, fun to watch than listen yeah. to but you can just listen to it also as a podcast if you okay, want okay, okay. um but it's way funnier to like see everyone because a lot of times they're roasting what people look like and shit like that and yeah, stuff. so yeah, yeah, yeah. um so at youtube streams like many podcasts and that's its main channel um but it, a lot of people are confused because it says live podcast but they they it's a production right for video so it's they can do the podcast live but they um basically I think all that means is they don't like edit shit out I don't know if the podcast still is released right away I don't really know how it works but the um okay so I think it's like live in the sense of like it's a live audience Got does it. that make sense that's, yeah. that's how I interpret it yeah. um because it's that like yeah so <clears throat> because they would still have to cut out all these like spaces between and shit so yeah um the videos drop they're they were always just two weeks behind but the, the when they before the mothership opened, they used to use a different venue. And so when they switched over to the mothership, they did two shows for opening week. They did it like it's usually every Monday and they did it on Sunday and Monday opening week. So it put them an extra week behind because okay. of because they have to like do all the production stuff for it. So yeah. um yeah, it should be out in three weeks if if they stay on the schedule they're on. Um, which so yeah, I think insane. is gonna be I think it's why I'm going to be there. So yeah, it'll be on YouTube. Um, I'll be posting about it, but yeah. um, the way to look for them is like, since I told you that's how the episodes are always labeled, I'll have like an episode number I can share once I have it. But right. um, they also always are labeled by the, who the judges were. So like when it comes yeah. out, it'll say like kill Tony, Dave Attell and Jeff Ross is like the episode that will be me, but um, I, and I'm last freaking hype for you. I will tell you whenever you decide to watch it, um, Tony be making his moolah. So there are hella fucking ads. So you, to get to me at the end, I'm sorry, yeah. but like hella ads, like all right. <laughs> we are riding through the ads to be able to, oh, yeah. well, you know it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so genuinely yeah. so fucking proud of you. Like, yeah. 
Thank you. So just no it's, big deal. That's what Kylie's been up to. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. Um, opening up for like world-class comedians. Um, yeah, like Tom Segura does like international touring. Like he, it's it was great. Like it was actually full circle and I got to tell him this, which is cool. Um, my ex actually was a huge Tom Segura fan. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I this know. is such a big middle finger. Dude, I dude, I know. It. When, he, when he walked in the room, I was like, Oh my God. Like, so I got actually us for, for him for Valentine's day in 2019, I got us Tom Segura tickets. We went to see Tom Segura together. Um, and because I know, <laughs> so, I wish everybody uh, on this podcast could see my face right now. I know. I know. So I was like instantly like, LOL. Um, because already, if you listen to unhinged, you already know the backstory of like me doing yeah. comedy in general and how it's already kind of a middle finger thing. Um, but yeah, I, um, but he was one of the first big theater comics I've seen. Like I've been to, I had been to a lot of little shows like Zanies and stuff. Like I used to go see like the writers of Chelsea lately on different shows and stuff, but he was the first one who like was like a theater um, like where you would see a concert kind of yeah. level. So he was one of the first big comedians I saw. Um, yeah. And I told him that in the green room and stuff. And then and that was really cool. And so we were kind of talking about that and shot That's the shit funny. about, um, we just talked about the venue I saw him in in Nashville for a while and like stuff like that. So yeah, um, oh yeah, we talked God. about, all kind of, I talked to him about like movie theaters or, or like movie, like the way stuff is in box office or not. And like the change, people are kind of getting away from like the hour com- comedy special. People don't really like it anymore. Mm. Um, and they're moving into like 35 minute specials and stuff like that. We were kind of just talking about like why that kind of sucks for people who have been yeah. doing this for so long to get to like more time and stuff like that. But it's, yeah. it's all part of that whole like attention span thing. It's like TikTok. Taking yep, TikTok. Like, yep. People like, are so used to consuming comedy as like clips and reels now. It kind of like it kind of sucks though. Cause like you work basically really hard to get more time on stage and now people like want you for less, less time. time. Yeah. Yeah. So dang, dang. yeah, it's an inter- interesting thing Ugh. and you know, it could fluctuate, but yeah. Um, anyways, it was crazy. Um, it's definitely, who knows? Like it's, it's still like people are like, Oh, you've made it now. And I'm like, no, that's the thing. Like I went right back to last night. I did an open mic in a fucking food truck park and it was terrible. There were kids there that my jokes were bad for the crowd. Um, <gasps> oh, oh yeah, it was terrible. I went first and it was like, it, you know, it's like, it's right back to reality and back yeah. to the grind. Like, but tonight yeah. I'm on, a, I'm on a show tonight. Um, it is definitely going to open up some opportunities in terms of just at least gives me a little bit of like cred for booking. For sure. For sure. So, um, I'm super excited, but like, I mean, that's the thing is I could have, I could quit today and still yeah. have achieved more than I ever thought possible. So which is incredible, which like, is incredible. Yeah. And like, yeah. we are so freaking proud of you. And I'm sure all of our listeners, our faithful listeners are so freaking proud of you as well. It's so funny to me how many people have reached out and been like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. What's happening with Kylie? And yeah. it's just so exciting to see. So um, my life is boring as fuck. <laughs> Well, it's funny because up at, on Instagram, I've shared a lot about it, but like, um, I have a whole different audience of people on Facebook and I have kind of kept it under wraps, honestly, because like I said, I haven't really like my family. I don't think really understands the extent that I've been pursuing this. Right. Yeah. Um, and like now that this happened, I was kind of like, okay, this is about to be like really public. Like, yeah. so I was like, I kind of need to just like break the ice, but the amount of people mm-hmm. who have just been like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? Just, I feel like for some people, this came like very left field. Like I think somebody, at least a lot of people that follow me have been seeing like, oh, she's been doing these little gigs. Like look at her little comedy thing. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and so like whatever, but I was like, just out of left field. I was just like, so I opened last night. Like just yeah. casual. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm just I'm insanely grateful. Um I'm still completely shocked. Um, 
that happened and um super beyond grateful for the support i had a lot of people comics telling me too they're like it's so cool to see all your stories of like your friends being so supportive and stuff because not yeah. a lot of comics have like an outside support system like i do and i feel really lucky to have that so yeah absolutely blessed well you know how freaking proud i am of you and I can't wait to squeeze you in two weeks because we're I know, together. Eros. I'm wearing my Eros shirt right now. Okay, literally, I saw that. Did you buy? Oh, yeah, of course. Done. Yeah. We went to the Eros tour. Kylie's got her merch on. Um, yeah, exciting things coming up. We're coming up on our 100th episode. We're coming up on the Eros tour. Um, yeah, I don't have too many big updates, honestly. Nothing crazy going on over here. I was away at a wedding last weekend, which was really fun. Um but yeah, just super pumped for, for Taylor Swift. Like I cannot even, I cannot believe it's almost here and you guys are going to get all of the content afterwards. So oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Staying, staying tuned for that, but you know, kind of transitioning from Kylie's discussion about grinding and going after this and going after what she wanted, we kind of just wanted to talk to y'all today about where are you holding yourself back and how many people are so afraid to go after what they want because they're afraid of getting outside of their comfort zone. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of things not working out the way that they want them to. And this goes for literally every single thing in your life. This doesn't just have to be health and fitness related. Now, of course, for a lot of our audience, this is going to be health and fitness related for them. But you have a lot more in your life than just health and fitness that maybe you're trying to achieve or pursue or whatever it may be. And so we wanted to have a conversation with y'all today about just being able to really step into your power, step outside of your comfort zone and go after the things that you want. And it's funny because I think that we had a pretty similar conversation about this whenever we first started the podcast, because this podcast was something that Kylie and I put off for so oh my God. long, right? We would talk, we talked about it for like four years. months at least. Like, at least. I like, felt, it felt like years. Well, well, well. We talked about the idea of it, like yeah, that we yeah. would like, both of us talked about like wanting podcasts for yeah. forever, but then forever. we started like toying with the idea of doing it together. Like we, I remember us having like a, like a little, like we had like a shared note or something. Like, I don't know <laughs> when we would just like put stuff in there, but never, we didn't do anything. Like <laughs> nothing. Right. And that speaks to how easy it is to hold yourself back from something that feels really freaking scary and something that feels very new. And it's funny because I've noticed this within myself too, especially as I've started therapy and I've started kind of like recognizing these trends and patterns in myself is that I am really good with change. I deal with change well whenever it is outside of my business and the thing that I am putting my all into. Like me moving from Pittsburgh back to Indiana totally fine. Me, um, you know, I don't know, just like having some random change in my life, not really a big deal for me, but me doing anything whenever it involves um, my business or my career or my passion pursuits or whatever it may be. I am very bad at change because if I'm feeling really good in the way something is going currently, it does feel scary to take a leap into the next level. It feels oh, yeah. it feels really scary whenever you know that, and I mean, Kylie, you can literally speak to this. It's like whenever you already have something built for you and you have something going, but you know there's like this little tug or you know that there's something that you need to be kind of like 
putting your focus into more or, you know, pursuing a little bit more, it feels really scary to kind of brush up against those edges of your comfort zone and move past that and be able to make that change. And I've noticed this pattern in myself, even where I am at this place in business where there are definitely shifts happening. Um, There's a lot of growth happening, which is incredible, but it is there's a little bit of resistance in me because I'm like, this is really scary. Um, and there are certain things that I need to do to be able to get to the next level of where, you know, FFLA is going and Caragos Nutrition and Fitness is going. And it's really scary. And so I think that this is a really important conversation to have because just like when we started this podcast, it took us forever. We held ourselves back due to so many different things. We were like, well, who's going to edit it? How much does the, how much does the equipment cost? Like, what are we going to talk about? Blah, 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 blah. And Finally, it was like picking like a title took us forever. Like literally picking a title and we didn't even name our own podcast. We didn't name our own podcast. And you know what? Someone else did. Someone else did. And until we get him on this podcast, we yeah, are naming honestly, him. yeah, no cred, no cred till he's a no ghost. cred. Um, but yeah, it's just like getting, oh my God, getting the intro down, which we probably should. Change. Oh my God. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's not the best. Sorry, guys. Most of you probably, I skip the intros on my podcast. Same, so same most I of you probably skip it, but we know yeah. it's outdated. I'm not even a coach anymore, but it's fine. <laughs> but still, it's just like, it's, we held ourselves back due to so many different things. And it's so funny because I think that things feel so scary before you hop into them because you're thinking about all of the different things that you need to get done and all of the what ifs. But once mm-hmm. you actually literally just take the very first step and the first action move, you actually start to just like start knocking things out and you realize, wow, this is not actually as scary or as difficult as I thought it would be. It's still, it can still be a grind, right? It can still be a lot of work, but it doesn't feel as like, you don't have as much resistance as you once did. And so, yeah, I think honestly, even just talking about you, Kylie, like moving from you know, being an online health and fitness coach to now doing copywriting to also moving into the comedy space. Like that's a huge shift for you. And there were times where like, I literally remember you being like, I would really love to get into comedy, but like, I just don't know. Like you, there's definitely a lot of self-doubt there up front at first. And it's like, you were able to move past that and get into this space now where it's still really uncomfortable for you at times, but like you're crushing, <coughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's like you said, it's, a, it's in every avenue. I mean, I can remember starting Kylie Uplifts and being like, you know, at the point where I was like eight months in and I was still working retail a little bit too. And I was like, so afraid to leave that because it was just like, there was like this security or like this fear of like, what if I go all in on this thing and then it fails or like, mm-hmm. or even just when I first started that too, and had to start like posting fitness stuff. Like I remember yes. being like, what if people are going to make fun of me and like all this stuff. And like, especially because like, it's just, it's really crazy. And I'm really proud of myself to look at the fears I had. I mean, I obviously overcame it then, but to just remember my thought process around being afraid to post that kind of content to like the stuff that I post that you're doing now. Like, it's like, I was, I was so scared that like people were going to make fun of me for like posting workout videos or pictures just because like, I wasn't at that time, like I wasn't like super lean or anything like that, but I knew what I was talking about. Like, you know, it's like, I had been powerlifting and it's like, I've been certified and all that stuff. But I was like, so afraid people are just going to be like, what right does she have? Or like, she thinks she's something. And then like that changed just to like, you know, 
being like, I'm going to start this sex and dating podcast and post content about it. And me just being like, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah, but, literally. but it's like all of that built up because I had this evidence of like that time that I went for it and it was fine. And it like, and, and here's the thing, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this to you because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there's, there's two ways to look at this. One, people are probably talking about it less than you think. And two, people are probably talking about it more than you think. Like both of those things are true. And both of them are, both of them are helpful because here's the thing. A lot of people don't give a fuck as much as you think they do. And a lot of people that do give a fuck are envious that they don't have that in them. And And I can people that you need to worry about. No. And I can specifically remember someone in my hometown. Um, I went back for a wedding and this was like four or five months into Kylie Uplifts. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually my ex is the one who stood up for me at this wedding, which I do appreciate. He was drunk, but you know, I appreciate it. So, but we were sitting at like the <laughs> dinner and one of my friend's boyfriends, who's somebody I went to high school with and um, him and I graduated together and she was like, my, my friend married him. Um, but we were like sitting at the table and he just made some kind of like side comment about like I don't even know what it was like someone said something about food or like something about like there was just something like fitness related and he just like made some kind of jab about like um like real Kylie uplifts of you or like some kind of like it was like Mm. and it wasn't in like the joking context of like what like a friend like your friends like you know what I mean like I can't remember exactly what it was but it was like very like it was like he was he was definitely he was like making fun of it basically and this is like I said at the point like I was like three or four months in. And like, I started, I started my Kylie Uplifts page from the ground up and it still has more followers than my personal account that I do comedy on that I have had since I was in fucking college. Like I, I built that page and built all of that myself. And at this point though, I probably had like fucking three to 500 followers. (laughs) Like, And I was just over here, like, you know, doing my thing. And I just like, it kind of got in my head a little bit. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm right. All these people have been making fun of me. And you know, my ex was kind of like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like to his face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was just like, and he was like, he was like, yeah, what's your job? Like what? He's like, he was like, yeah. He's like, that's not, he's like, he's like, he's like, that's not scary at all. Like basically it was just like, you had to take no risk in that. He's like, did your parents help you get this job? Like, it was just like, it was just like yeah. attacking because it was true for this specific scenario. Like, yeah. and he was just, he, he was like, he was like, he was like, get fucked. Like, you know, and it's one of those things like that's, that is kind of the attitude you have to have though, is like understanding that most people are going to be in awe of you taking a risk and they're going to respect it and be proud of you and encourage you. And people who don't are not like worth your time. And they're usually projecting like, so if anyone's making fun of you, they're not your people. And so it doesn't matter. And so like that experience with that, and then like getting to have that full circle effect of like, I grinded through that and then getting to like eight months in and being so afraid to like leave retail behind because of like the stability of it and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like, somebody told me they were like, you work like one shift a week here. Like what do you, what is that eight hour minimum wage really fucking helping you? And it it was all fear. Like there was nothing, it wasn't actually a security blanket. And I guess my mind was like, well, if this starts failing, though, I could easily pick back up shifts. And they were like, you could easily just go get another minimum wage job. Like it's, you know, know, also (laughs) this speaks to, I want to interject here and be like, Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes you know, I, and I think it's also kind of like an older generation thing as well. It's like our parents will be like, have a plan B, have a plan B. But yeah, here's yeah. the thing, my motto, whenever I jumped into this full time or whenever I've got into this is that like, I'm not giving myself a plan B because yeah, this is what I want to do. And I will make this work no matter what. And how long Kylie, did you have to convince me 
to leave my full-time job to go full-time into health and fitness coaching. It was like another year and a half after I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was at my full-time job for 10 months and granted, like that's a pretty short amount of time to be at a full-time job and then be able to go full-time. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I totally know how quick we both did, but right. But I probably could have left it at like month three, but I didn't because I was so, so freaking fearful. But whenever I finally made the decision, like I went all in on myself and I said, I'm not giving myself a plan B because like, I know that I'm going to make this work. And you know, if for some reason it doesn't, then I'll figure it out. But I do think that sometimes if we give ourselves a plan B or we give ourselves too many options or like that quote unquote security blanket that leaves us feeling trapped in that and kind of comfortable in that. And that does hold us back. Well, in my opinion, I got into this argument actually with my mom about this and I totally get where they're coming from too. Again, like you said, generationally and like security wise, I do get it. Um, but I said that when they were like, well, what's your plan B if this doesn't work out? And I was like, I don't have one. And they were like, you should. And I was like, well, if I have a plan B, I'm already, I'm already expecting that I'm going to fail. Like my plan B is that I work harder to make plan A work happen. And she was like, okay, like that's kind of an immature response. And I was like, no, like, because here's the thing. I also want to make the disclaimer. If you were someone who like is like supporting your family and all those things too, I totally understand those risks are different. Obviously everyone's shit is individualized, but here's my thing. Even with that, even with that, if you, if you are working towards this to know, like give, if that's your case, make your, give yourself a time frame. put stuff, be putting things into a savings, like where you can, like to where you can have something backed up to be able to take a risk like that. But like, also like make, give yourself a time frame, like, Hey, in like six months, I'm going to do everything I can to like save enough money until then. And like, you know, make it to where I can go. Maybe I can go part-time or like, you know, you can work these things. Like, I mean, fuck, I remember the Lipton's used to use their long ass commute to and from work that they had yeah. to run their entire second business. They built their business in a commute. Because they had, they had to sit in traffic every day for two hours, one way each time. And so they literally built their business up in their commute hours, like maximize your time, like wherever you do have it. And that's going to be sometimes that are tired. It's going to be rough. Like right now I'm chasing this dream and it's kicking my ass. Like I, and I'm still, I'm by the way, everyone, I'm still doing my copywriting job. God bless my clients. That's how I make my actual money. Just to be clear, I opened for Tom Segura and David Tell made $0 doing that. I want that to be very clear. (laughs) The reality of it. Yeah. Like it's, I'm early in, I've made some money from some gigs. It's very small. And until you're like on fucking Netflix, it stays small. Like, and it's that's, but it's worth it because I'm pursuing that. And there's something here clearly. Um, but like in the meantime, I have to do my job that still pays my bills and I'm blessed that it's something flexible and that I have that, but like, it's tough. Like I'm, you know, doing these things. I'm out most nights till 2am when I'm not like last night, I'm having trouble going to sleep because I'm on that schedule now. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I was trying to go to bed last night at 11. I was up till two because I, my body has gotten used to like, I go to bed at that time. Now I wake up at like 10 or 11 because I'm out. And like, then I have to get all of my actual job done. I'm trying to figure out when to get back to the gym. Like I'm trying to figure all that out before I have to go back out to shows at like 6pm. Usually if I'm doing bikes and stuff, because I have to stay on it. Like it's not easy. So like that, I don't want it to be confused as like taking this risk, or like having that grind period. Like before I left for my full-time job, there was from, there was six months that I was in retail coaching in-person training as well and teaching college classes. Yeah. Like I was doing all of that for six months. Like yeah. there's gotta be, there's going to be periods that it sucks, but at some point that's where you have to be like, how serious do I want this one thing, whether it's a career, whether it's your fitness goals or whatever. And if so, then what am I willing to sacrifice or where am I willing to cut things to do that? Like, where can I do that? Because for me right now, I'm realizing that this sucks. And I'm, I really 
I can't afford to lose any clients right now, but I can't really take spatially on that many more people because of trying to pursue this. So I have to be like, okay, where can I cut some of my extra expenses and stuff to make this good enough? Because I need the money for this to pursue the dream. Like, you know, I have to start figuring those kind of things out. And that's kind of what you have to do with yourself for any kind of dream and moving, moving through that. Just like you said, once, you know, it was, it was such an amazing full circle moment to have that experience where someone was like making fun of me or have that experience where like, I was so scared to leave that retail job. And then one year later from that, I went full-time online. Like, you know, so it was like that next step. And that was really cool. And then I was making like, at that point I was making more money than I ever had. And that wasn't a lot. Like it was, I mean, at that point from teaching from retail, I mean, I was barely pushing a thousand to two thousand dollars a month most of the time. Yeah. I'm making my. I, I, it's crazy to me to think that I used to live on that. But like, oh my, um, I think about it also inflation. Jesus Christ, because that's I insane. Literally <laughs> think about it all the time. I'm like, how did I live off of just like working at Cheesecake Factory? How? Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. I lived, I lived like that, and I lived part of that time in Ohio, but part of it in Nashville. I mean, I always had like a lot of roommates, or I lived in definitely like cheaper places and stuff. But crazy. Um, and now. Um, I moved into, you know, at that point it was like, I was making like three or $4,000 a month. And so I was like, amazing, which is, that's a very average, good, that's above average income for a lot of in single people. It's, yeah. good. it's a good, that's a good flow of money. Right. Um, but I was doing that and I was like, wow, I did this, like doing this thing online on my own. And then within six to eight more months, I was like, at the top of my career. And then like, I was at the top of my physique. Suddenly I was like doing all the bodybuilding stuff. Like on all I could think about, I mean, I wish it wasn't, but like karma's a fucking cat, my friends. And I was sitting there like, yeah, fuck you. Like, look at me. I look, yeah. I, I look better than you people that made fun of me. I'm more successful and I'm happier. Like I'm doing all these things. And even that, like, that's the thing is like, I hate to keep getting on this tangent, but I do feel like if you're anything like me or like most people I talk to, a fear of judgment tends to outweigh your fear of failing sometimes like people, but because the reason people are afraid to fail is they're afraid they're going to be judged. Like that's the whole thing. Like you judge yourself, but you also like, you're thinking about all these people judging you. And like, this is the thing. Like when I, I just lost my train of thought and I'm really mad because I wasn't really on one there. Um, That is honestly so important to know because I think a lot of times, even in myself, I feel that there is sometimes a feel, fear of failure, but ultimately it actually comes back to what are other people thinking? Because yeah. especially if you're somebody who like, and I really don't sugarcoat this and Kylie, you're kind of the same, like we've kind of always been good at what we've put our mind to. Like, not that there has not been hardships, not that there have yeah. been failures. So, someone just texted me about this yesterday and I was like, sorry. <laughs> Literally, but like when we do something, we, we fucking excel. Like we are good at it and we work at that shit to make it happen. You know what I mean? And it's like, there, there is kind of that. And again, that comes along with being like a very like, type a perfectionist kind of but yeah we also though if you just listen to this whole conversation we've been having we excel at all these things because look how hard we go at it exactly exactly but like I think along with that comes again like that fear of like well if I do have this massive failure like people have seen how successful I've been up to this point and what happens if I do fail and what are they gonna mm-hmm. think if I do feel but like going back to what you said earlier most people 
are do not care and are not thinking about it nearly as much as you think they are. And even if they do, it's like a fleeting thought to them, right? Like, do you know how quickly people move on from thoughts about other people? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, good. But yes, I, I was you. hoping that that tangent might have like- You did, you did, you did. And I think you made good points. But yeah, I, to that exact point, when people are thinking about it, that's what we were talking about. It's like, here's the thing, like- you're worried about people judging you when you fail. They're going to judge you when you succeed too. And maybe that's also part of the fear, but like, I can remember one of my friends, like overheard people that once were my friends. Um, I made a post about this. I I made a post kind of calling it out. Um, this was like, it was right after I got back from New York and Austin, right before I was going to Thailand, I think. And I found out that people were literally talking shit about me traveling. Like, I, like my friend overheard people that were my friends at one point in my life talking shit about how it must be so nice to have no real responsibilities and like when am I going to grow up and like blah 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 and like what do I keep chasing because my life is so unfulfilling because I don't have like kids to take care of and like all of this shit and I was like that's what that was kind of the moment for me that where I was like you cannot win over people who are dedicated to misunderstanding you yeah like there are people who are committed to misunderstanding you. There are people who are committed to staying stuck. And if you are moving out of whatever place you were in, you are a threat to them because you show them it's possible and they like to live in a, in a mindset that it's not. So and so true. that right there is like my biggest advice to you is like, you have to get out of your head about like what everyone else thinks, because the reality is they're thinking those thoughts about anything that you do. Like the only way they're going to be happy probably is if you stay on an equal playing miserable field as them. Yeah. And Misery then that's, company. That, that, yes. And that's a disservice to you. And you know what, for every person who is like that, there's a person who like this girl, I barely know. I met her through like one tree hill conventions. Um, she commented on my post yesterday and she was like, teach me how to be brave like you. And I was like, this is so wholesome. But I was just like, for every person that's out there, like pissed about it, there's people who you're like, you're inspiring by taking shots like that. Like, you know what I mean? And it's so crazy because to that exact concept is like, we're still in our heads too. Like if you heard how often Kara and I have to talk ourselves out of like fucking shame spirals about like, are we failures or whatever else? And like, you know, being scared of people. I mean, I, I had an existential crisis I talked about on here about even like making it known that I was shifting out of Kylie uplifts. Cause I was like, huge, but I was losing my mind. Cause I yeah. was- and how much support did you get in that? Right. Yeah. And it's like we often tend to, again, when we're like brushing up against the edge of that comfort zone, like we often tend to catastrophize what is going to happen when we step outside of that. When in reality, it's like a lot of times it's so much better than we ever could have pictured. And simply just like doing the small things that like the smallest things really do feel like these huge looming, just like gray clouds over us at times. Right. Like, and I think also too, because like we are very authentic people and like, we kind of just have to get it out there. We have to get it off our chest. We need the Mm -hmm. world to know like what we're about, what we're doing. We want to be truthful. And until we can do that, it feels like this huge weight just sitting on our chest um but honestly, oh, yeah. I've always said that if I get famous I would be a publicist nightmare literally <laughs> like, literally like <laughs> swear to god and it's I have to tell him I have to tell him <laughs> truly it's true truly and also that's just like the Enneagram one in me personally being like I have to get ahead of this I have to just like yeah. I gotta set it straight you know what I mean um 
But yeah, I mean, with that, I think it's just like, yeah, you, you saw so much support whenever you, whenever you put that out there. And so I think it's just important to remember also that like, you mentioned something like a, a thought popped in my head whenever you were talking prior um, and kind of going viral. But I was thinking about the fact that whenever you do go into whatever it may be, whether you're starting a new career, whether you're starting a health and fitness journey, whatever it may be, like you also have to remember that those things are also going to come with highs and lows. And like, it's not going to be linear for you. And I think it's also important to remember that like, you have to stay the course. Like Kylie, you were going through some of the most difficult points in your life just like a year and a half ago, like a year, a year and a half ago, two years ago, you know? And even like, like where I was at like fucking eight months ago. Two months ago. ago. Yeah, crazy. exactly. And yeah. so I think just remembering too, it's like, yeah, you saw all of the success, but then it's like, there have been highs and lows. There have been dips. And like, same thing for me, right? Like there are always going to be these points where things feel like they're regressing or you're not pushing, you're not making the progress that you wanted, or you're not as happy or confident in what you're doing or whatever it may be. But it's like, you cannot allow those times to keep you there. And this goes for anything, right? Like this goes right back to like my own health and fitness journey that I've been on and your journey with like your own self and like relationships and everything like that. It's like, you have to ask yourself at a certain point, like, are you going to stay stuck in the current situation that you're in? Or are you going to push forward into this discomfort? Because those are really the only two options that you have. Whenever it comes down to it, like those are your two options. You stay stuck or you move forward and you face the discomfort, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that's kind of where I was at is I was just like making the transition into like copywriting even as I was just like- spinning my wheels. I felt like with this business, because like, you know, for me, I do go hard for everything, but if I, if I'm like, I lose passion for it, then it's gone yeah. for me. And I just, I'm still passionate about health and fitness. Like I still care about those things. That's why I still do this podcast. I still love to have these conversations, especially in like this side of things. Yeah. But I also, it was just like that specific, like job was not serving me anymore. As much as I loved my clients, as much as I loved helping them, like it just wasn't the thing that lit me up anymore. And part of that had to do with, like I said, you know, we've talked extensively on here, you know, I was involved in fitness so heavily with bodybuilding and everything else, but mm. it, you know, even with that, it's like that, that lit me up for a while. And that's like this thing that I remind myself recently, I've had that kind of reframe. And I know this was like a conversation we were going to shift into anyways, is like, yeah. you know, I was having all this like body dysmorphia and stuff around like my, my body at this time, like, you know, this time of the year has had been a little difficult the last year or two, especially now, like, um, cause this is like when I was super lean and that stuff pops up in like my social media memories and stuff. And it's like tough for me right now to see that. Um, but now I've kind of like trying to shift into like, this is a reminder of like, well, at that point in my life, that's the thing that I wanted and look how fucking hard I went for it exactly. and look what I did. And now that's like, sure. Do I, would I like to be in a different space with my body right now than I am? Yes. Mm -hmm. But like, that's not my number one priority. Like this is like pursuing this thing is so being able to shift my mindset to like, that's what I'm putting that level of energy into and look how far I went. So like, look what I can do with With this thing, like rather than trying to compare like that journey. And like, I'm trying to take a life that I have now. And this is something that I think we've talked to our clients about a lot. And we have had a lot of conversations about like, it doesn't success does not have to look now like it did for you before. 
Yes. And I've, I've had this stress, like, you know, we've had that conversation financially, physically, like all of those things. And so like, I've talked to clients about this, even just in terms of like, when they didn't have kids to when they do now, like, it's like, they're like, Oh, well, my routine was like this or like that. And I'm like, okay, but your life and your focus and your priority was different then. So it doesn't look like that. And that's kind of where I'm at now is like trying to figure that out, but realizing that like, I succeeded at that. And so I can succeed at this. And it's just wild what our heads will do to us though, because it's, it's so funny. I had this realization yesterday. Like I said, I got this text from a friend and it was really sweet. It's this guy I went to college with. Um, and he said that this message that I think you probably saw, but he said something about, um, like you, um, like how many successful careers are you going to have or something? And I was like, question of the day, but then like, he wrote, here's what's crazy though. This is why I'm bringing this up is because, so he wrote me back and he was like, it's legitimately impressive. It's not enough that you taught college classes and own your own fitness coaching business, but you also have started a side freelance copywriting business and have a growing comedy career opening for some of the biggest names in stand up. What the fuck? But like, what's funny is like, that's how those people are viewing it. You know what? I've viewed that in my head. I'm constantly insecure that I'm like, people are like, she, ke- she keeps jumping from thing to thing because she like, keep as soon as she fails or like she can't stick mm-hmm. to one thing or like whatever like I've I've taken that as and yep. made that a negative thing you made up that story that limited yes. belief in your head and you started to believe it yes I believe people are judging me it. like when I'm leaving the business that they're like oh it's because she couldn't do it anymore or, look she had all this success and like I, I just like have my head that all these people were like waiting for me to fail or like they're like making fun of this thing I'm doing or like whatever it's else and I'm like true. in reality people are like seriously yep. like one of my other like my best friend Sean I talk about her a lot his wife texted me yesterday and she said I literally like told Sean yesterday I was like I wish I could just like pick a career and be like yeah I'll try that today and crush it like you know? literally and I was well, like okay well <laughs> and here's the other thing too is that even if there are a handful of people out there thinking that like oh what's her next career gonna be I can guarantee you there are 10 times the people out there thinking those things that your friends are saying to you right and that yeah. we're all saying to you is like wow like when she goes for something she goes hard at it. Right. And it's not a matter of like them thinking that you're failing at things. Right. But I think that also really speaks to the limiting beliefs that we place on ourselves a lot and the stories that we make up in our head about, you know, getting uncomfortable and trying something new or going after the things that we want and telling ourselves that like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? Or I'm not going to be good at this, or I'm, you know, I'm being a fool for doing this. Right. And it's like, you really do have to get truthful with yourself about like, what are the facts? What are the facts in the situation? What do we know to be true versus what are the things that like our kind of like self-limiting brain is making up and telling us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, I make up so many stories. It's literally like, it's crazy how quick it happens too. So that's the thing I really want to like relate, like bring home to the audience too, is like, don't, don't feel like us having this conversation means it's because like every time Kara or I make these decisions to go forward or whatever, that we're just like, yeah, fuck the fear. We're fine. Like yeah, we still, no we still have all of that happening. We just do it anyway. And so like, that's, that's the thing, do it scared. And, um, that's the thing is like, literally the next, I shared a TikTok to my close friends about this. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like literally the next day after the show, I just had the biggest night of my life. Like mm-hmm. arguably like one of the biggest nights of my life for sure like it was crazy and like I basked in it I really stayed in that moment I didn't even text thoroughly a lot of people back about how it went because I was just trying to celebrate and enjoy it like but the next literally I woke up the next morning and like I was like the Spongebob meme like like laying there in bed like I was just like 
what if it didn't go that well? What if people weren't laughing as much as I thought they were? Like yeah. everyone's asking me, like, and I was like, and I'm like, oh, well now it's embarrassing. Like, what if um, I don't get any opportunities from this? No one ever asked me to do anything. This was like this, but as good as it gets, like uh, this spiral, like within 24 hours, like I was Literally. just like, Kylie, like, and it was like, like this TikTok, like, you know, that where it's like the, but the joke is on you. That like yeah, one that everyone yeah, does. Yeah, it was a guy yeah. that was like finally feeling peace and success in my life. And it was like the beginning of the thing. And then he was like, when it was like the joke is on you thing, he was like irrational thoughts, mental breakdowns, <laughs> like all this stuff. Literally. Like, literally me. Like that's, I woke up and I instantly, like, I didn't even give myself a full fucking 24 hours to enjoy to what had just happened to me before I panicked that I was like, oh my God, what if it wasn't good enough? Like, what if people have this expectation now that I'm great? And now I go to these open mics and I suck. And they're like, she didn't deserve that opportunity. That's where my head went initially. But yep. the difference is I'm going to still go and do it. Like, because a lot of people get those thoughts and then they quit or they stop or they're afraid or they're paralyzed by that fear. And I know it's hard, but bitch, my favorite Taylor Swift quote and why my very first tattoo ever is what it is. She says, fearless is not the absence of fear. It is fear. It's, it's having the fear and doing it anyway. It's so true. It's so true. And like, that is literally a quote to live by. And I also think too, it's, you're finding like, so you're also finding like confidence in yourself in so many other areas. Like I know we talked about a lot, you know, like your body image hasn't been that great lately and like the body yeah. doesn't be and everything and you're up there on a stage and like, sometimes they're roasting you about your appearance because that's yeah. comedy, right? And mm -hmm. so it's like, you're kind of trying to tap into now, like for so long also. And I think that this is something that I've gone through as well. You know, I think that this is kind of something our timelines with our journeys have kind of been similar in this and like, Even, yeah, they've been so different, but so, like the, the, the content has been so different, but the parallels have been so consistent. So consistent because it's like, we're learning to genuinely like find this confidence in ourselves that's not tied to our physiques or what we look like or the size or shape of our body, whatever it may be. But it's like, that can be really freaking hard. Um, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that too. And just like what it is like to kind of like feel like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not feeling the best in my skin or whatever it may be, but I need to tap into this confidence elsewhere because like, I have to have this incredible presence, which you do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is part. I mean, like on top of that, before this was even happening with like the roasting and stuff, it was getting in my head because I'm going up and standing in front of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And in order to have content on it, there's like people taking pictures or videos of you that aren't like, they're not you posing. They're not it's you standing. Flattering you're just, angles. You're walking. Yeah. Camp the way when you're just like, I want you one time, just set up, have some, ask someone to just start taking some fucking pictures of you while you're talking about something and tell me if yeah, you cool. like any of them. Yeah. Like while you're talking, I mean, I'm doing like crazy shit, which is why I, I love, you'll notice a lot of comedians lean into that. And so there's a lot of pictures that like comic friends I have, like women and everything, even like very hot comic friends I have, like women, they're like pictures that they post to themselves. I know you guys can't see it, but they'll be like making like a, like they pick the ones where they're like bugged yeah. out. Cause it's like, you're like leaning into the fact that you're like, these are all going to be terrible. And like also your personality is now that you are ridiculous. So it yeah. like is fine. But like, I'm having to lean out of that because I'm coming out of a space where my new Instagram was like curated to me looking great, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how I made money was like, I needed to look like someone that other people want to look like. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And especially in the bodybuilding phase, right? And so right, right, right. like, um, that was, that was kind of hard as I was getting all these like 
camera footage back and videos. And I was starting to be like, I don't really want to, I wouldn't post certain clips I had because I didn't like the way I looked. Even if like, it was funny or the crowd was like, great. I would be like, yeah, but I look fat in that. Like, and I started doing that to myself and I was just like, okay, that doesn't matter because that's not what people are here to see. And like, I started getting in my head about that. And then, you know, it, it, it's rolled off a little bit, but like Kara brought up, I was just explaining this to her and she didn't know this was part of it. Like roast culture is a huge part of comedy. And I, um, love this. And there's a lot of people and here's my thing. Here's my take. Some of woke culture and stuff doesn't like this. This is the art of comedy. All of us have consented to be there and be a part of it. Like that's the most important thing to understand when we're joking about ourselves and each other, it's like an agreement. Like no one's feelings are actually being hurt. Sure. I'm talking about it now that I go home and it will affect me, but it's, it's, that's shit that was already there. It's not because they said it. So like, There is this, like, if you enter into a comedy show, like you accept it. And there are like lines, of course, with things, but like, that's just like a side tangent because some people are like, there are people that will come out and be like, that's not fair. They shouldn't attack that or like call you that. And it's like, okay, but like right after that, I'm going to tell this guy, he looks like he has the smallest dick I've ever seen. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to come back, like say it's it's a mutual thing. So like they're picking, but like what Kara was speaking to is, um, when you do roasting, if they don't know a lot about you yet and you have to just come off of it, they can only see what's there. And I've seen even girls that are like thinner than me and stuff like that. There's only so many things you can come up with. Right. And so a lot of times the first things like they're going to, you know, call you like refer to like sexual activities or their, or your weight or your appearance, or like you're, that you're not funny or something like that. And to me at this stage of my life, what I know my focus is on I did this heckle mic. I, you know, I posted a clip from it. Um, you loved it, but yep. like I, you know, the whole concept of that is people, you get up there willing for people to yell mean shit at you. That's the whole point of it. And it's yeah. to help toughen your skin for these things. And so, you know, I was kind of like, well, honestly, because of what my goal is now, what would hurt my feelings the most is if they told me I wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. That's what my goal is right now. My goal yeah. isn't to stand up here and be hot. This isn't the bodybuilding stage. Yep. And so, you know, I played Which into is a huge I, realization in itself, you know? Yeah. Like the clip that I shared wasn't about this, but right after that, a guy literally yelled out and like, it was actually really validating because the panel, one of the girls that runs that mic is like, um, a heavier girl and she leans into it. Like her name is Candace and she gets a joke. Every, every, every person that's ever roasted her is like, Candace bitch stop eating like it's oh like you God. know and it, it's like but she like leans into it like it's yeah. her whole thing like she's yeah. she she also is like the roast master here so she also annihilates all these stupid men it's hysterical mm-hmm. um so she she just doesn't care like it's part of her thing yeah but she's like an actual like you know she's she's definitely leaned into that and yeah. she's one of the funniest people I ever fucking met in my life but she even like turned around and was like what the fuck like I was on stage and some guy was like said something I was wearing like a looser fitting shirt or something that he just said something about like oh like your stomach's hanging over like or some kind of like shit like that or whatever and I just like leaned in and just lifted my shirt up and was like (laughs) like shook my body like because I was just like I was like no sorry like you know and the the, the panel was just like dude what like yeah 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 yeah. but like the point is like I have to open myself up to that and it is like if with since because I already have this like bodybuilding dysmorphia sometimes it's tough. And like, I honestly had this hesitation till Tony was like one of the highlights of my fucking career, probably like that was so cool. And the focus of that was how well I did at comedy. And I've been a little nervous about the fact that everyone knows about it now and is going to watch it because like, there were some jokes made about my weight. 
on Kill Tony. And it's because I opened that conversation up. We talked about bodybuilding because we got into, I forget the segue because I kind of blocked out, but like we, it got addressed. Um, yeah. I think because honestly, I think David Tell tried to make fun of my outfit, but I didn't understand what he, the joke he made. Like, I think right, the first thing he asked me is somebody, they asked me what my job was or something. And Dave was like, he was like, oh, I was going to say that. I thought she was, she does ax throwing or something. And like, <laughs> I think it, I know I was really confused, but I, I think after I thought about it and like the way I was dressed, maybe, but like, I, I just kind of tried to joke back and like, I was like, I was like, oh, is it? Cause I look so super strong. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and then as we, and I was like, as we got into like what my job is, I was kind of like, well, it's funny that you mentioned that I was like, I made the joke about being strong. I was like, I actually used to work in fitness and stuff. And now I just write for fitness people, like, or whatever. Like, we talked about that. Yeah. And like, I don't even remember exactly what it was. We'll see it on the episode, but like Tony said something along the lines of basically like it being apparent that I don't do that anymore. Like, yeah. and like it wasn't anymore. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't, he wasn't like, well, you're fat or like whatever else yeah. or like, like, you know, and he said it like in the way that, you know, they're roasting. Like I've heard him say like mean things to people. So like, I, it wasn't really not that, but that, that's the whole concept of the show. And right. so like, he said something like that. And I just kind of made a joke back, joke back and the crowd loved it. And I just said something. And I was like, yeah, I put on a little weight, but I'm having a lot more fucking fun. Yeah. And we love that so you know it was like but it's one of those things that I then though got home and I was like oh my god like they called attention to that now and everyone's gonna watch it and then be like oh Kylie has gone going way and like now I'm like what am I what do I, I wonder what I look like in that video like, these are like those professional cameras let me tell you professional cameras not flattering no they ain't filtered they absolutely <laughs> do they absolutely do gain 10 pounds like they do it's bad so I'm like and I immediately started thinking about all that instead of the fact that I just did an, an insanely good set to the extent that I got booked on a sold out comedy show like that yep. should be the focal point and I came home being like oh no people are gonna watch that blah blah I'm like, no, they're going to watch that and be like, this girl's amazing. Yeah. And you're also giving people, even you like making that little comment about like, hey, I'm having way more fun. Like that's even something so huge as well. And honestly, like, I think that you do have an opportunity to like, even like improve the narrative around like what women's bodies look like. You know what I mean? And I think that's just something so cool in itself. But like you said, it's like, you're finding confidence in all of these other avenues, like outside of your body. You know what I mean? And it's like, that could have been one thing that held you back, but you didn't allow it to hold you back, you know? And I think that's just really huge as well. And again, like we said, like our parallels have been so similar. It's like you with your, um, with your photo shoots. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's like me booking my boudoir shoot whenever I was, you know, at my literally at my heaviest and the funny waited till now. I could have waited until now. And the funniest thing is, is that like my first boudoir shoot that I ever did, I was like 10 ish pounds up, but my second one, I did not go and pay for that. She actually asked me to come in and do a free shoot. I absolutely could have said no. I was at my heaviest I ever was. And I was like, you know what? I'm going and doing this. I'm not letting this hold me back from having this, like from trying out this incredible new set and trying on all of these cool clothes and like having these bomb ass pictures taken of me right and your pictures were fire yeah so it's like I just think I mean I feel like this has been such a good conversation I feel like we could ramble about this for like hours but I think that the whole point that we're just trying to make is like we want you guys to ask yourself where you're holding yourself back and where are you making up false narratives in your head and what kind of limiting beliefs do you have and really identifying those for yourself because realistically like you truly are the only thing holding yourself back 
from going after the career or going after the weight loss journey or the health and fitness journey, or, you know, signing up for working with a coach or whatever it may be that you want to do. Um, And so just really getting true with yourself and real with yourself, looking in the mirror and asking myself, where am I holding myself back? And just like taking one small action step forward to change that for yourself this week, I think is huge. Yeah. And I think that it's, I think we already advertise ourselves as like a mindset podcast as well. So all of this is totally relevant, but like, even if you go down into the niche of people who do listen for fitness and stuff, like I know how, like I said, we talked about how scary it was for like so many of our clients to like a lot of people expressed to me or that they had like a fear of people judging them for having a coach, like people that were like afraid to like tag their coach and things or like post their progress, even though they were proud of themselves or like people that were like, they literally wouldn't tell anyone they were working with someone because they were embarrassed. And I was like, where do, what kind of world do we live in where we're afraid to tell people that we're trying to better ourselves or go after something? Like, right. you know, like I, like I said, I, I was on a, like a date recently and somebody was like, they told me they had a personal trainer and I was like, hell yeah. Like, I wasn't like, Oh, fatty. Like, why would you, you know what I mean? Like, why would you ever think that people are going to look negatively about that? Like it's, it's, it's in our head. And again, anyone who is, is not your people. Like, I think that's the biggest thing to reiterate. And like, this just applies so much. It's like you said, like if you have to go through an uncomfortable health phase or like you're like what we just talked about with Risa, you're that mom, like comparing yourself to everyone or afraid people are going to judge like what you looked like before versus now. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. And so I just, I think that you have to remember that like just whatever you're feeling in terms of fear of judgments or failures or whatever else you have to just do it anyways I mean like yeah. take it take it back all the way to Cinderella story just don't let the fear striking out keep you from playing the game homies so huge mic drop on that one baby mic yeah. drop on that one well this was an incredible conversation much longer than we thought it was going to be really like, yeah this will be probably a quick but we say that every single every time and every then time. it's like our longest podcast episodes <laughs> But I I really, really hope that, you know, if you're listening, that you took something away from this. And if there's somebody out there that, you know, needs this reminder, please send this episode to them um, because it means so much to us. And we also need to call some names out. So yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a Bailey. Bailey. Have we ever called out like a Samantha or a Sam? No. Sam, Sam, Samantha. Sam, Samantha, Sammy, (laughs) and then Bailey, if any of you are listening, please leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate it so, so much. And anybody else, um, you know, if you got something out of this episode, please, please, please share it. And, you know, we're definitely going to be coming back with the updates. I'm sure Kylie will have more updates to come. We're going to have Aeros tour updates soon. Um, and we have some special guests coming up for you guys too. So exciting things to come for sure. I would like to um, just raise, raise a coffee glass to our fallen soldier maroon real quick truly <laughs> truly when I tell you that my heart got broken so for those of you who don't know or understand what we're talking about Taylor plays two surprise songs at every show the song that me Kylie and Risa wanted so badly was Maroon and it was taken just this last she, like weekend she played it last weekend could she have not waited two weeks two weeks I knew she was gonna play it in New York I fucking knew it but Ugh, um, okay well here's to praying that we get some incredible um surprise songs <laughs> I'm like dropping y'all will hear all about it yeah you guys will absolutely hear all about it and you're gonna get all the contacts context, context. 
Honestly, it's we're planning on doing like a fun episode for our hundredth that we record together. So we'll yeah. probably spend half the time recapping eras. Let's be honest. Oh, one thousand. <laughs> yeah, honestly, one thousand percent. We are probably just gonna throw up like a question pool, and like anything goes during that time, we'll just recap eras. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be a fun hundredth episode, which I'm really excited for. So oh, wow, I thought that you just made up like that word as like one word fun hundredth, and I was like, wow, that was. So good. <laughs> but, but I really, it's hundredth. gonna be our hundredth episode, baby. <laughs> I I'm obsessed. Love I love it. Well, I you guys, that. thank you so much for rocking with us. Thank you for tuning in. Like we said, go ahead and tag us, tag myself, Kylie, the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. Share us on your socials and stories. Leave a five star rating and review, and we will chat with y'all next time. Bye, guys.